Hello everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Being Articulate, a podcast by the members of IIFT Economic Society. As you can see, the topic for today's discussion is economics of IPL auction. Joining me today are Shweta, Charulika, Arghya, Samvit, Agniva and me Punish. So Samvit, let's get started. Hi guys, hello everyone. Let's start with a very non-academic icebreaker to an economics discussion. I'm sure ki hamare audience mein kaafi sare cricket enthusiasts honge. And why not? Cricket is much more than a sport in India. It's more of a heartbeat. It's an emotion, something that is uniting communities. And IPL 2021 as we know, it's going on these days. So let's talk about that. When Indian Premier League, the IPL started in 2008, it changed the demographic of how the sport was and has been played in india or around the world and how it has been viewed by the audience but i feel the main paradigm shift that the franchise leagues have created apart from the glamour portion that it brings it is the added excitement for the fans to see a roster of big name foreign players and players from domestic circuit they are being clubbed together to play as a team so how are these super teams built the likes of a west indian power hitter a homegrown mystery spinner some national team captain of a nation and indian national team regular all of them playing for the same franchise how does that work of course it's the ipl auctions where the teams are built from scratch and every year the auctions are probably the most anticipated events for the club owners as well as the fans but once the hammer starts rolling we get to witness two days of bidding war surprise omissions and fringe players attracting surprise bids at the end of it there are gainers and losers among the franchisees and players but for an economist it is a massive win win for us it's a master class on auction theory and an understanding on how how franchisees strategize for these auctions so in this podcast we will be discussing everything there is to know about auctions but before we proceed to that I would like to ask my other panelists this question: That what is the first thing that comes to their mind when we hear the word auction? Well, my earliest memories of the word auction go back to the days of Kyunki Sazbi Kabi Bahuthi. I mean, those daily soaps, man. Oh man, I can't tell. So there used to be house auctions in those serials, and the most interesting things about those scenes were the special effects where they used to zoom in on every particular character. and how in that particular auction the virani house got sold for a whooping 70 crores and then that scene was followed by a very weird anti climatic scene i mean those dark days man can't even tell <laughs> yeah you're right punish and uh, i am reminded of the movie welcome when i hear the word auction where akshay kumar convinces majnu bhai to auction his paintings he is then convinced to auction his painting called the rocking horse and it is bought by malika sharawat for a whopping 50000 dollars dude that painting has been the butt of jokes for so many years and come on bahut hi memorable painting hai wo yeah and the people who have watched the popular sitcom friends can also relate to the episode where joey unknowingly quoted a price for a sailboat in a silent english auction which he won unwantedly that was an epic scene man he didn't even know what he was bidding for or the fact that he was actually bidding for something that was crazy okay so it seems that uh, most of our idea on auction it has been shaped by pop culture references and so many of it by the way so now before we dive into ipl uh, how these ipl auctions work let's go through some theoretical aspect of the auction mechanism 
and i would like charulika to take this ahead thank you samvit when one thinks of auction one typically imagines the auction of a bankrupt person's property to pay off his creditors indeed this is the oldest form of auction we remember the simple design of such an auction is that the highest open bidder getting the property or the commodity in question it is intuitively appealing as well yeah exactly charulika it is quite appealing and if we see it on a fundamental level an auction is an economic mechanism whose purpose is the allocation of goods and the formation of prices for those goods via a process known as bidding depending on the properties of the bidders and the nature of the items to be auctioned various auction structures may may be either more efficient or more profitable for the seller than others from the game theoretical point of view auctions are games with incomplete information or better known as bayesian games where the players pay off functions are not common knowledge this characteristic is due to the fact that in an auction bidders are uncertain about other players valuation of the item or the good and sometimes they are even uncertain about their own valuation okay so now before getting into the main theory i would like to talk about three key variables that need to be understood before we move to the actual proposition these are the first rule of auction second the commodity or service to be auctioned and third uncertainty about the bidder's valuation all these things said uncertain and that's what make these things interesting so guys what do you think is exactly the significance of the auction theory so what i feel is that throughout the history countries have tried to allocate resources in various ways some have tried to do it through political markets but this has often led to biased outcomes lotteries are another way to allocate resources but they do not ensure that scarce resources are allocated to the people who value it the most when potential buyers compete to purchase goods in auction it helps uh, seller discover those buyers who value the goods the most further selling goods to the highest bidders also helps the seller maximize his or her revenue so both buyers and sellers benefit from the auction dude you raise some really good points about the significance of auction theory in fact this particular field of study has garnered the attention of many economists over the last few years In fact, the current Nobel laureates Paul Milgram and Robert Wilson have won the Nobel Prize for their significant contribution to auction theory only. I mean, that's great. Yeah, that's right. Speaking about that, Robert Wilson developed the theory of auction of object with a common value, a value which is uncertain beforehand, but in the end is the same for everyone. The big push of game theoretical research on auctions happened after success, successful use of game theory to advise both US government and the bidding firm uh, when the Federal Communication Commission first decided to auction a portion of the electromagnetic spectrum for use by telecommunication companies in 1994 as they wanted a new way to allocate licenses to the broadcast spectrum used for wireless communication. they reached out to milgram and wilson for ideas this auction was considered so successful that a reference to the work of many game theorists appears in the article the economist titled the revenge of the nerds revenge of the nerds okay this guy seems like a huge star wars fan i guess right so since we are talking about ipl auctions we should also i guess shed light upon the types of auctions and which category does the ipl auction fit okay so basically there are two types of auctions 
open auction and the closed auction the first type is the open auction in which bidders observes some dynamic price processes that evolves until a winner emerges there are two common forms of open auctions now so the first kind is the english auction this is the classic auction in which the bidders are all in a room and the price of the good goes up as long as someone is willing to bid it higher the one with the highest bid eventually wins so sambit to answer your question the ipl auction falls under this category of auctions now the dutch auction is a second kind and this auction is in stark contrast to the english auction concept is the same as the english auction just that the bidding price starts at a prohibitively high value and the auctioneer gradually drops the price now the second common type of auction is the sealed bid auction in which participants instead of shouting write down their bids and submit them in a sealed manner without knowing the opponent's bids there are two common forms of sealed bid auctions the first price sealed bid auction and the second price sealed bid auction the mechanism runs the same for both the types the difference however is that the second price sealed bid auction although the higher bidder wins instead he pays a price equal to the second highest bid actually so that's the difference all right now that we know about types of auctions i would again like to mention that the 2020 nobel prize which was given to robert wilson and paul milgram for their improvements to the auction theory their work was actually based on first price sealed bid auction according to them if designed correctly auctions can distribute resources fairly auctions thus impact every sphere of an individual's life in a free market society from houses cars and shops to electricity telecom spectrum minerals and precious metals everything is auctioned governments use auction to sell treasury bills foreign exchange oil fields land airports railways and similar resources as they move towards privatization of the economy public procurements including food grains for making them available to the vulnerable sections of society it is also done through auctions uh, adding to what you said so one more great contribution by the nobel laureates is the is basically the mechanism of simultaneous multiple round auctions so basically what happens in that all the items are auctioned simultaneously instead of a sequential approach that we normally see right through this buyers or bidders in this case place their bids in sealed bid manner which gets updated after every round now this is a very good example of the first price sealed bid auction that was mentioned by agniva so regardless of the type of auction that is being administered two things are fairly obvious now first auctions are basically games in which players are the bidders here the actions are their bids and the payoffs depend whether or not one receives the good and how much one pays for it right now that we have talked about all these things let's move on to the main part of this episode which is how can we apply auction theory in ipl scenario okay ipl is now the most attended cricket league in the world and has a brand value of 475 billion rupees or 6.7 billion us dollar according to some reports ipl contributed approximately 200 million us dollar to the gdp of indian economy the vivo ipl 2021 player auction has witnessed a total of 292 cricketers have gone under the hammer for just 61 available slots across the eight franchises in chennai on february 18 2021 the biggest buy not only for ipl 2021 but in ipl history is south african all-rounder chris morris who was bought by the rajasthan royals for 16.25 crores off-spinning all-rounder k gautam was the most expensive buy among the indians at 9.25 crores by chennai super kings 
that wrapped up the mini auction of 2021 in fact actually this year was supposed to be a mega auction but for the pandemic due to the coronavirus they had to make it a mini auction so the next mega auction is supposed to be in 2022 now and before that there has been three mega auction where we have seen total rehash of the franchises so in the current mini auctions team can retain as many players as they want however in the next mega auction for the 2022 edition each team can retain only three capped players and they also have a right to match option only for one overseas and one uncapped indian domestic player so and last mega auction i think it was held back in 2018 yes i'm with exactly what i was thinking so let's hope next year we get to see a nice mega auction right yeah okay. definitely guys before we go any further let's discuss how the ipl auctions work okay so i will explain this part in the ipl auction 2021 there are uh, eight teams as usual and each team has us dollars of 9 million at its disposal which they can use for buying new players or retaining their key players that will form their team now each player is priced at a base price depending upon his performance record and experience by the auctioneer bidders in order to buy the players were required to quote a price higher than or equal to the base price the price quoted by the players act as a reservation price for the players that is below which they won't enter the auction or won't be a part of the team in the same way the team management also has a reservation price which is known only to them it is thus private information hence the interaction between the two sides determine the final price at which the player is sold okay so here to make the reservation price concept more clear i would like to add an example for economics nerd it's basically similar to the minimum wage thing we have studied uh, right Yes, exactly, Sarlika. You are thinking on the right line. Okay, guys. What if we understand the mechanism in a utility framework? That's a very interesting approach. I mean, so how will it work, man? Okay. Suppose a team decide utility value to be given to a player for batting, bowling, uh, like wicket taking abilities and fielding. In terms of utility framework, the weight assigned to the utility from batting, bowling, and fielding. can vary for different teams but the sum will be equal to 1 the values of utility can vary according to whether a player is a batsman or bowler or all rounder now there are some probable factors affecting the decision of the bidders like a bidder may decide how many batsmen and bowler he would require to form this team as in this shorter form of game batsman has a bigger role to play let us suppose that bidder may decide he will require seven batsmen and four bowlers so for him we can assume that the utility from the bowler is less than the utility from the batsman tell me one thing so you just said that utility from a batsman is more than the utility of the bowler right then it can mean that a team will prefer to have more of batsmen and less of a specialist bowler so in that scenario specialist bowlers could be left out and the team will end up having maybe even batsmen or even all rounders so what i mean to say is that don't you think in that scenario teams will basically reserve their big buys like say 12 to 14 crores or even 20 crores for batsmen only and not for a specialist bowler yes but that will be an irrational decision because you have to win the matches and you cannot win any matches without any specialist bowler okay so this is how economists argue over assumption which only makes sense to them and not others so basically it's just another day in the life of economists 
राइट बिल्कुल बिल्कुल Moving on, another factor is how many players for the top quarters or the elite play. Team management would prefer in their team. For example, they may want to have at least four players from the top quartile. How many players they want from the top quartiles, and how much money he deserves to put in stake for getting these players from the top quartile? For example, they may decide to spend four million US dollar on getting players from the top quartile. then if they want to secure four players from the top quartile they may like to spend 1 million us dollar on each of these players whether they want to create team of future then they may prefer to select a very young team true that we have actually seen a shift in team scouting strategies in the past few ipls in fact ipl has given the platform for so many french players to prove themselves and now they are national team regulars and there are so many names that i can think at the back of my mind there's uzi chahal jaspreet bumrah pandya brothers chahar brothers and i'm just starting with the list so i think the credit must be given to the smart scouting strategies by the franchises yes yes that's right coming back to this analysis it again now a team can do a regression analysis in order to determine the valuation of a player now each team has their own strategy before the auction they do research to get the valuation of a player according to their requirements we imagine that such a player has trained for years and his overall skill level can be measured now the skill level of a player can be understood as a function of two components namely baseline skill and other comprising incremental skill like ability strength speed fitness etc Baseline skill can be understood as the batting average of a batsman or bowling average of a bowler or other mainstream stats like strike rate, economy rate, etc. So, uh, since you guys mentioned about the various ways to value a player skill, but we also have seen that some of the players have been sold with a very high bidding value in IPL auction 2021. These types of cases have been named as the winners' curse. the winners curse is a tendency for the winning bid in an auction to exceed the intrinsic value or the true worth of an item this is a type of feature of most auctions the gap between the auction versus intrinsic value can typically be attributed to incomplete information emotions or a variety of other subjective factors that may influence bidders yeah that's an interesting callback actually to the malika sharawat example in the welcome movie जहाँ पे आई थिंक द पेंटिंग वॉज सो ओवर प्राइज इन दी एंड दैट मल्लिका शरावत एंडेड अपिंग अस और मे बी नॉट क्या पता वो तो हम नहीं कह सकते बहुत ही इंटरेस्टिंग कॉल बैक समित समित बट लाइक is it necessarily a cause like this winners cause maybe the valuation of a player for which franchises franchises bid hefty money justifies the price tag or fulfills the target area so basically what happens is that these valuations that teams form they are dependent on the team composition that they desire so i partially agree with you shweta that it can't be a curse so what i feel is that when there is a winners curse there is a sky high expectation from the player so that they can justify their price tag that is when the curse arises so the entire exercise of auction if we see it from an optimization point of view 
it is basically subject to various constraints like the total pearls that the team has the total players that it can have and the total foreign players that that it can have with the team so as to maximize their chances of winning or in a way maximizing the strength of the team right a lot of effort goes into these valuations scouting departments are there for almost every team which looks for younger talent in the domestic circuit so last year parthiv patel joined the talent scouting department of mumbai indians their whole purpose is to basically go to the domestic competitions like vijay hazare trophy and sayed mustaq ali trophy and see which young players are performing very well so that they can recruit them for the next edition of ipl apart from scouting department the use of advanced analytics like the strike rate after a certain number of deliveries for a batsman for a bowler economy rate in the death over in the power play overs or their average in league matches or knockout matches which are usually pressure situations or baby possibility of injury to a player and much more all these things they form part of the private valuations which is known only to the teams and not to other teams um, but guys on the flip side when we look at the ipl history most of the highest bid players did not justify the price they were purchased for with only the exception being of ben stokes in 2017 where he had he had been purchased for i think about 14.5 crores and he had scored 316 runs and had taken 12 wickets in 12 matches so maybe it could be a curse after all right yeah right since you talked about the winners curse pretty much our nobel laureate laureates through their use of simultaneous multiple round auctions said that it could mitigate the winners curse as buyers could reevaluate their valuations after each round knowing valuations of others for that all the players have to be auctioned simultaneously which would make ipl auctions nothing less than a fish market so another thing which happens in an auction is that which we can uh, frequently observe that often teams can affect each other's valuations by taking their bids to extremely high amounts this is basically a sequential game scenario where a player can have a first mover advantage on the basis of the resources team composition and other factors at each stage both tend to pose a threat to the other until one of them bows down either as a result of a threat posed by the other player so uh, virender sehwag gave a very good example about this thing that you mentioned so in 2018 auctions uh, bangalore had kl rahul and yuzvendra chahal in their kitty right so in order to retain both the players they can use only one right to match option so what can happen is that other teams can basically push the price for that player to say 10 to 12 crores so in that scenario what will happen is that bangalore will think several times before deciding on which player to keep in their kitty keeping in mind the team balance so if we view the team's behavior in the auction from an optimization point of view we would see that none of the teams have behaved in an optimum manner the reason being is that none of the teams have exhausted their pearls completely the only team which has come close to exhaustion is rcb as they have only 35 lakh rupees left whereas on the other hand punjab kings have the most amount left in their pearls as they have only 18.8 crores left i mean that's a huge amount to leave right the possible reasons for leaving some amount in their pearls could be that this amount can be utilized to replace the injured players but leaving such a huge amount that does not seem optimal at all they could have used that amount to increase their utility or increase the chances of winning but they did it so from an optimization point of view it's not optimal at all okay but which team do you think did the most shrewd buying this year i'll take a crack at it first i think first of all most of the teams were very shrewd in their buying this year and i think the teams were especially focusing on uh, strengthening their weak areas 
like the most of the buys the big buys that we see are not the domestic players but rather the foreign players and in and the foreign players were basically bought with big bucks to fill in their weak target areas where they need to uh, like every franchisee has their weak weak areas and the reinforcements were basically there to fill in that weakness so in that sense i think punjab kings the rechristened kings 11 punjab they have been very shrewd in their reinforcements and the i think one of the most surprising things that we got to witness was david malan being sold at very meager 1.5 crore i mean he is the number one t20 batsman in the world right now so kings 11 punjab i think ended up with a great bargain getting him at such a small price and i think other reinforcements that were very good by punjab kings was chai richardson i think they were lacking a foreign specialist fast bowler in past few seasons so i think these are some very smart buys by the punjab kings but uh, me on the other hand being an avid supporter of kkr i can vouch for the fact that in this year's auction the purchase of shakib al hasan and arvind singh has strengthened the all rounder lineup for the team considerably now let's see if this year kkr can get its third breakthrough only time shall tell okay uh, but i think there are high chances of csk winning this year this seems very strong i mean csk has a lot of batting options starting with rujurat gaikwar jagadishwan harin iswant robin uthappa ambati raidu and raina fab will be obviously remain unplaced coming to the bowling department they have deepak chahar sardul thakur karan sharma krishnappa gautam and sai kisar all rounders are too good they have jadeja moin ali sam kuran santnar overall they have a good batting depth you know bowlers are nasty and really effective all rounders hence winning chance is a high for csk i think my only issue with csk is that why the hell would you pick cheteshwar pujara for this year's ipl man come on the guy is a premier test batsman why do you want to spoil him by having in the ipl why but i think uh, chetasar pujara will not be in the playing 11 well i really hope the team releases him just in time so that he can go to england and play county cricket there so that he can be ready just in time for the wtc final so now coming to my pick of the team that did the most shrewd buying this year would be delhi capitals not only because of my domicile bias but also because of the fact that the team did some really good buying to fill in the major gaps that were there in the team in the previous edition for example they bought vishnu vinod a domestic wicketkeeper to provide cover for rishabh pant in case he gets injured then they bought umesh adav a domestic premier fast bowler who will provide a good cover to the fast bowling duo of amrit norkia and kagiso rabada and finally they picked tom karan a bowling all-rounder which the team really needed the most so i guess they did a good buying this year all right then as much as i would love to continue with our ipl discussion i think now we should probably wrap up thanks for joining we hope you had a great time listening to our first episode please follow us on our social media pages whose links are given in the description also please stay tuned for our upcoming episodes thank you thank you all for joining <laughs>